Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, three-year, 30,000-mile complimentary maintenance, and America's best warranty ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. Complimentary maintenance included Hyundai approved oil and oil filter change, except for electric vehicles and fuel cell electric vehicles, plus tire rotation, normal factory schedule maintenance intervals for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. More frequent maintenance due to severe driving conditions or conditions is excluded. Offer valid only for new 2020 or 2024 Hyundai models purchased or leased on or after February 1st, 2020. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. Hi, Timmy Whispers here from Gimme the Hot Sauce Podcast. The two-way V4 features groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam, creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Fuel cell gives you the ultimate energy return, ensuring every step feels explosive and dynamic. Fresh foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort for the entire game. The upper construction features a lightweight textile that reduces weight while remaining supportive and breathable. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. What's going on? Give me the hot sauce fans. We hope uh, you missed us last week. We were away for a brief time, spring break involving uh, a lot of people getting some vacation, some much deserved time away, except for Stacy. He's always he's working all the time. Stacy joining us from his hotel room in Dallas where the Bulls are getting ready to join to play the Dallas Mavericks on Friday. That game doesn't mean much in the standings, but I guess uh, it'll be a chance to try to work out some kinks for the play-in. Uh, Stacy, before we get to that, I want to talk to Whispers about his spring break trip. Tell us about Florida. How'd that go for you? Well, between sand, sunburn, and Maddie, our producer, hitting on cops, it was great. Oh, come on. You got to give <laughs> some more details if you're going to drop that. Oh, he said, there was this uh, handsome cop walking by, and Maddie goes, uh, hello. <laughs> and uh, then, her and? Mom, then her mom, my twin <laughs> sister, started, she took over and started hitting on the cops. So um, Maddie lost out to, to Kim's charm. So, Stacy, <laughs> you're not going to be able to see uh, Larry the Lobster here. You know, he, he was a week in Florida, definitely had an impact. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in that. I'm, um, I'm trying to figure it out. I got a black screen. I'm sitting there like I'm in the sunken place. Uh, you're, you're in witness protection. Yeah, I don't know what this is, man. This is not, oh, my God, this is weird. Well, so, we can see you. <laughs> so, obviously, you Stacey, see me? Yeah. Yeah. So, Stacey, obviously, you've been riding the roller coaster with this uh, Bulls team. The game on Sunday, the home game against the Memphis Grizzlies, it looked like maybe they had found something. They rallied from 23 points down. There were a lot of positive talk in the locker room. And then a couple of very disappointing losses to the Atlanta Hawks and then in Milwaukee on Wednesday night. What's uh, what's going on with the team right now? Obviously, they're in the play-in, but they're not going in with a lot of confidence. 
Well, you know, it's it's been very disappointing because, you know, it's, it seemed like after All-Star break, they kind of figured out what they needed to do to get back in this thing. And then, you know, the same thing that's been hampering this team all season long started to, you know, creep back into why the reason why they're in this situation in the first place. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think the Bulls, honestly um, – you know they're 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 one of the best teams for two and a half quarters in the NBA. If, if the if the season was only two and a half quarters, they might be number one. Uh, it just seems like they run out of gas uh, late in games. You know, not able to finish games. I mean, last night in Milwaukee, you're up ten and you're dominating the Bucks, and then. You know, Milwaukee says, okay, enough's enough. They got a little confidence. Let's shut them down. They went on like a 19 to 2 run. At one point, it was 17 to 0. Um, and the Bulls had no answer. They had no way of stopping the run. It was just like, you know, they just got ran over by a semi truck. And it was a little disappointing, especially, you know, knowing how they played here in the second half. The defense was so disruptive in that Memphis game. They're getting steals, fast break layups, one after the other in that second half when that when they had that huge run. I know Bulls fans are all wondering why can't they play like that more often, Stacy? Well, I think that's been the the magical question, you know, all season long. They beat good teams and they beat them convincingly. Um, and then they come back and, you know, they lay an egg the next game. They don't come out with the same energy. Um, you know, I, I always say, man, you might want to invest in some five-hour energy to start the game um, <laughs> because, you know, the way they start games, they get themselves down 13, 15 points, and then they have to work so hard to get back in, and they run out of gas. You know, you got to come out in the NBA, man. No one's going to give you anything. You got to come out every night and play hard and, you know, I'm from the old school. You know, if guys are not ready to play, pull them out, sit them on the bench, and put somebody else in there and give someone else a chance. This is the reason why you have a bench. This is the reason why you have reserves. You know, when guys are not playing good, whether it's a starter, whether it's a guy, you know, one of the main guys or not, uh, you you got to send a message to your team that every night you step on the court, doesn't matter who it is, you're expected to play hard. The expectations are to play hard and compete. If you're not scoring, just scoring alone, Mark, is not playing hard. You know, when you say, oh, guy's not scoring, he's not playing hard. You can do other things. You can rebound. You can get assists. You definitely can guard people. And uh, they just they just defensively, um, it's almost like they feel like they can turn it on and turn it off. They're not good enough to do that. They're not Milwaukee. Milwaukee did that last night. Milwaukee's playing so bad. You know, they're missing Giannis. You know, they're missing Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen. And they are probably one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Let's just be honest. They're probably one of the deepest teams. They're going to be They're going to be a tough out. Um, I honestly feel like it's going to be them in Boston at the end. Um, I think Milwaukee loaded up with big guys just in case they run into Embiid, you know, sooner than they think. Uh, in the second round or maybe the the conference finals. Um, But they're a deep team, man. You put Jay Crowder out there. Now you got, you know, you got the, you know, you got the big kid. um, What is his name? He's been out, been out for like 10 years and he finally got back in the, finally got back. Oh, Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. They they, uh, they broke the ice and got him out and uh, (laughs) called him. (laughs) So he's on there too. Uh, They had some little kid uh, green last night, three point shooter. Yes. Um, you know, you got Goran Dragic there too. They got, you know, Ingles. Javon Carter. Really, yeah, they went out. And, and Javon Carter, I'm telling you, man, like I was watching him last night and just watching him from last year of uh, being a fringe player, being a guy just coming in, changing pace guy. He is a main contributor on that team. He plays really, really, he's a good change of pace guard because he picks up full court. He's tough as hell. He was a defensive player of the year in college. 
It tells you what kind of player he is defensively. Um, he gets after you, and now he's making shots. He's making three-point shots. I think he hit five last night, and he never, never against the Bulls has shot the ball that well. Yeah, Javon Carter, a local kid from Proviso East High School. Hey, I, I want to ask you about uh, how Billy's getting holding up through all this. There are some times I watch the post-game news conferences, and it sounds like, excuse me, Your Honor, can I treat this treat him as a hostile witness? Because everybody's giving him a hard time about the slow starts, and they're like, what's going on? Why can't you get off to a better start? And Billy's kind of like looking at, what do you want me to do? I mean, there's only so much a coach can do. Can you figure out what's going on with these slow starts that have really hurt him in so many games this year? Well, I mean, listen, I mean, this team, this team is, is hot and cold. Let's just be honest. I mean, let's, you know, they come out some nights, they look great in the first quarter. And there's other nights that come out, they look like they don't want to play. Um, unfortunately, you know, we're seeing more of that, more of that, not ready to play in the first quarter. Here's the thing in that Atlanta game, things were so important. That game was so important, Mark, because both those teams are fighting for, you know, in that playing game, they're trying to fight for positioning. Cause the key is, yeah, you're playing the playing game, Mark, but you want a home, you want a home court game yeah. that first one. So you want to be nine. You don't want to be 10. So these teams are fighting to avoid having to play that first game on the road. And there's games left for these teams. You know, you don't know how it's all going to shake out. You know, guys are going to sit some of their players or whatever. Um, you know, these teams now know they're all in. They just don't know what spot they're going to be in. But if you're the Bulls, you know, your whole goal was like, yo, we got to the playoffs now. We got to now try to make our path easier to at least get a second game in the play-in. And what better way to get a home game in front of our home crowd where we have the advantage over most teams. Now you're looking at possibly having to go open up in Toronto. And Toronto is a very good team at home. It's a bad um, matchup, Stacy, with their it's length. A, it's man, a, it's, a, it's a terrible matchup for the Bulls. And I don't know if they just think they can just show up and play. And yeah, we're gonna, we're in now. We're going to win. It's not the case. And you know they don't have the ability to just turn it on and turn it off, which you've been seeing. And a lot of times it's been off. Yeah, now Toronto has Jakob Pertl to match up with Vucci inside. I know it's been a, a recurring theme throughout the season. You mentioned it on just about every game. The Bulls need to get the ball inside the Vucci in the post uh, and take advantage of those mismatches. Uh, game in Milwaukee, he had 18 points in the first half, and then they just go away from him. I, I know, I know you're going crazy at the table trying to trying to get them to, to get the ball inside and work off of Vucci. Mark, it's been like that the whole year. You know, this guy, especially when the Bulls are struggling offensively to get offense, they're missing shots. They're, they're, they're not, listen, they're not a good three point shooting team. That's three point shooting is not their strengths. They, they always seem to focus in on their non strengths instead of focusing on their strengths. Their strengths are mid range game, transition, and get the ball to Vooch. Those are your keys to success and then defending. They want to be kind of like Golden State. They want to shoot threes, they want to get up as many threes as possible. Their, their, their shooting percentage does not, you know, equate to being a good three-point shooting team. So why would you be focusing in on that? And just because you have nights where it's going in, they've had more nights, Mark, where they've missed. And they've been huge, where they've gone like five for 30 or yeah. seven for 30 or 42. I mean, those are not good percentages. And when you have a guy like Vooch, who gives you 18 in the first half, and then he only scores three or four in the second half, why is that? Is that is that basketball IQ? Is that recognition? Like, is that understanding who's who's got the hot hand? And with a veteran laden team, you would think they would know these kind of things. And that's what's been more frustrating. I think that frustrates Billy. It's like 
you know, we can sit there and say, Billy, Billy has to implore, get the ball on the Vooch. I mean, he should, he should be doing that. Cause if that's your only offense in, you know, you know, in certain quarters when you're having a difficulty scoring and he's the only offense you got, why wouldn't you go in there? You know, Vooch is a willing passer. When the team double teams, he throws it out. My biggest gripe with Vooch is, is that, he's proven to dominate on the post. He's dominated everybody he's played when he wants to play down low, but he, he stays more on the perimeter than he is in the post. And that's very, very frustrating, especially now late in the season when you need that inside scoring, because when you get to the playoffs, when you get to the play on game, it's not going to be a transition game. It's not going to be an up and down game. It's going to be a pound the ball. It's going to be attack the paint points in the paint. The bulls, uh, if they want to, they want to advance, past the, uh, you know, 10-9 game, they're going to have to say, you know, put all egos to the side and say, yo, let's play with play with the best players. If if Vooch got it going, let's stay with it. That means I might only have 18 points. That means I might, you know, Zach might only have 14 points and Vooch has 42 and we win. You got to do what's going to, what's best for the team at that moment. Hey, is DeMar okay? We've seen him at times where he gets knocked to the ground. You can see that that thigh strain is still bothering him. You see him wincing in discomfort. Uh, the Bucks held him to just eight points. He had a rough shooting night. I know he's going to gut it out. He's always been durable throughout his career. But have you noticed that there's been maybe a drop-off in his athleticism because he's battling that injury? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like he's 100%. You know, DeMar will never say he's hurt. He'll never say he can't go. Um, you know, he's a consummate pro. But I can tell. I'm around him all the time. I see him every night. And, you know, he, he's not the same. He's not he, – his quickness is not there. You can tell that he's, his, his leg is bothering him. He's out there trying to gut it out. And kudos to him, man. I mean, that's what leaders do. They're going to go out there and play in pain. They're going to go out there and play hurt. Um, but, you know, I mean, he's not 100%. And no one's really 100% at this point yeah. in the season, Mark. You know that. I mean, guys are banged up all the time, you know. And so um, it's going to be a decision. You know, um, Billy's going to have to have a decision, you know, when it comes down to this playing game because there is no tomorrow. There is no, hey, you know what, we didn't play hard tonight, um, you know, disappointed by the way we came out. There is no more of that. To these next two games, you can say that. But when you get to the playing game, it's one and done. If you, It's, it's like the NCAA tournament. The best team advances. And if you don't, if you don't put, you know, get your mind ready for what you're going to be facing, because you got to remember, this is not a playoff. It's a play in game. The playoff, you got seven games. Okay. The best team, whoever reaches four first wins, but in a playing game it's one and done. So you can't have a mindset. We got seven games or we got three games. We got five games. It's one game. And if you don't play well and you don't come out with a, with energy and you don't come out ready to play, you're going to get blown. The doors are going to get blown out. Cause if you have to play Toronto, we've seen what they can do when they are fully healthy and you get a uh, Siakam healthy, you get Scotty Barnes healthy playing well, they are tough to beat with their length, their size, and their athleticism. Yeah, and Nick Nurse has really good strategy against the Bulls. They've got those six, seven to six, nine athletes, as you mentioned. They're all switchable, and they love to d- double team Demar and take the ball out of his hands. We know that DeRozan had a good long career in Toronto. He loves to go back and play well against his former team, but they're going to have to come up with a different game plan, Stacy, because the last time they played Toronto, they just took Demar right out of the game. Well, they're, they're going to have to move the ball. Like last night in Milwaukee, you know, when the Bulls share the basketball and everybody gets involved, it's a fun thing to watch. They get their, their assists go up. I think they had 18 assists in the first half by moving the basketball and getting the open shooter. That means that DeMar and Zach may, be, may not be scoring, but everyone else is, and they're winning. They're winning the game. Um, 
you know, so they've got to go back to playing that way. It's hard to play that way, Mark, when your mindset is, you know, your mindset is, well, we played this way in the first half. Let's play a different way in the second half. And I know you've been extolling the virtues of Kobe White. He looks like he may be a guy they consider as a starting point guard for next year, especially considering Lonzo Ball is expected to miss, you know, if not all, most of next season. Uh, you, what have you seen from Kobe this year that makes you think that he could handle that job on a full-time basis, Stacy? Well, first of all, I've been I've been on the Kobe White bandwagon all season long. And when everybody was hollering, trade him, get rid of him, get get somebody else, I was the one saying, be careful what you wish for, because this is a kid, when he is healthy, he's a big time scorer. He's been a scorer since he came off, you know, his rookie year. He got hurt last year with a shoulder. He missed all of training camp. He 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 would tell you himself that he didn't play like he was capable of playing last year. So uh, a not healthy Kobe last year, and then trying to figure out where his role is. You got, you know, you got, uh, you know, you got Lonzo Ball as your point guard. You got Caruso. You got Io. You know, he didn't know what his role was, and he he was kind of shaky last year. But give the kid credit, Mark. He went and worked on his ball handling, which is one of the weakest parts of his game. You know, last year. And he arguably is the Bulls' best ball handler. I mean, it, I, he doesn't turn the ball over. He, his handles are tight. He can get to spaces. He's got a quick first step. The thing I like about Kobe is, is his defense. He, he's committed to playing defense. There was a play the other night where he got switched, you know, he got switched on a bigger guy, and he was clearly outmatched. And he just battled. He battled, and they and ended up forcing a turnover because he, he worked hard defensively to circle the post, to not allow the ball to come in, and they threw it away. Matter of fact, I think it was Anthony Davis he was battling. And, um, you know, clearly gives up, you know, 30, 40 pounds, but he was battling, you know. Um, he is much improved. He is – Patrick Williams has much improved as the season has gone along. They have – if I mean, I'm not a front office guy. It's not my job, you know, but I think they've done enough improvement over the season to say, hey, you know what, these kids are going in the right direction. And as we've seen with Lowry – you know, we've seen with other guys who've been on this team, Mark, when you give up on a person too quickly and they go somewhere else and they're superstars, or I mean, Lowry's a superstar now. You know, we just had him on our team a year and a half ago, two years ago, and now he's an all-star in the, in the toughest conference. He's, he, you know, if he puts two more years like he did this year, which I, I don't see him not doing it, we're going to look back on that and, you know, people are going to look back on that and say, wow, man, I mean, the Bulls let one get away. Hey, did you see the story today that Lowry is going to fulfill his commitment to uh, military service in Finland this summer? That every uh, male before they turn 30 have to spend some time with the Finnish uh, military? That's a crazy story, isn't it? Can you see a seven-footer there reporting for duty? I'm, I'm private marketing reporting for duty, sir. Well, I, you know what? I mean, that's that's the that's you know these these guys coming from foreign countries. That's what they're committed to. Yeah. Um, you saw Giannis do it. Him, his brother did it in the Greek, you know, national army. I mean, there's been guys been doing it in the Turkish now. I mean, all these guys who live in the foreign countries, man, that's the responsibility they have for their country. You know, here in America, we don't have to do that. We're truly blessed not to do that. But could you imagine if guys had to do that here in the United States? You know, you had LeBron in in, in the military. You have all these guys <laughs> in the military. Well, the players wouldn't know what to do what you about know, they, St what about Stacey King in the military how would that have gone well on? you know I'd be a general <laughs> I'd be a general I wouldn't go in as a bug private you started like, general be, right I'm going as a general I want to tell people what to do man because I've got leadership capabilities I got leadership skills and uh, I'm super <laughs> smart so you want me out there telling everybody what to do you don't want to get behind somebody who don't know what they're doing you know they, the next thing you know we are running into a wall marching <laughs> you know that's Tim Tim Kelly the whispers he <laughs> marching into the wall marching 
launching into waters like stripes. No, nah, man, we ain't doing that. Like Bill Murray and stripes, baby, that's Tim. Yeah, Stacy's line is, I'll be right behind you, using you as a shield. <laughs> Yo, you know, hey, you ain't lying. Hey, listen, you know how they did, you know how they did in the revolution. You know, the first group shoots and the other people, when they shoot, the other people duck. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not going to be in the front line back there, bro. I'm going to be in the back. And then when, as those lines start to disappear, oh, baby, you saying bolt through the, through the forest. Baby. I'm out of there, baby. Way to go. Way to go, guys. Hey, hey listen, man. Way to our fight. general. Way to go, baby. Way to fight. I'm getting on that horse, baby. Me and George Washington. Get up out of there, baby. We out. Beep, beep. Hey, we're going to bring in a special guest coming up after a break. Darnell Mayberry, the outstanding Bulls beat writer Darnell. for The Athletic, is going to join us. Before we bring him in, one last question for Stacy: uh, The MVP race, everybody's got an opinion. We've got a couple of games left this weekend. Joel Embiid had 52 in a win over the Celtics uh, earlier this week. You think that wrapped it up for Embiid? Yep. Yeah, I think it did because, uh, I mean, Joker has been the most consistent player up until just recently. Denver hit a slide, and they're not playing. He's not playing the same way. They're not playing the same way. Um, you know, and so I think that really hurt them. I mean, they lost, like, the three or four teams they shouldn't have lost to. And Embiid has just been kind of rolling along. Um they're going to be a tough out, Mark. So, yeah, I definitely think he, he's going to win the MVP. Um, I would have loved to see him play against Jokic the night he set out to kind of solidify that. I don't like not I don't like guys sitting out, you know, deciding who they want to play against, who they don't. If you're an MVP cal- caliber guy, you want to make it no doubt you're the MVP. Now you go out there and you put 50 something on Jokic, that you win the you win the award right there. So, uh Jason Tatum could be it. Giannis, you know, Giannis sitting down, I think, you know, uh he's been playing at all-star level. It's, you know, I mean there's there's some there's some guys, hey, listen, you know, you look out at out in the Western Conference. You know, you got like you know, you got guys who won't get any votes, like De'Aaron Fox and then and and Sabonis. What they've done out there in Sacramento, they won't get any votes, but they easily could you know have one or two votes with the way they played this year in Sacramento, making the first playoff since uh, the man went on the moon. You know, I mean, so <laughs> thinking of yeah. Bulls giveaways, though, do you think uh, Portis is a six man? Portis has had a great year. He's had yeah, two. Portis, Portis had his, had his, has a great year. He'll be right up there in the sixth man a year worth. Listen, he's been consistent in that role in Milwaukee since he's been there. Let's just be honest. I mean, he's having that guy come off. He plays multiple positions. He, um, he can come in as a starter, give you minutes and points. He can come off the bench. And he's a guy that's happy in his role. How many guys do you know in this league, you know, that is who's been a starter, you know, and then all of a sudden now they're going to the bench and, you know, he relishes that role. He'll do anything that he, that team needs him to do to win. He took less money to stay in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And that tells you something a little bit about Bobby Portis, that he wants to win. He's a winner. And every time I see him giving us numbers, I just cringe. Anytime I see anybody give us numbers, I cringe that used to play with us, you know, just Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, uh, the tank commander. Um, yeah, pain, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the list yeah. keeps getting longer. Unfortunately, going yeah. long and long, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wendell. Hey, when it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good buddy, nationwide agent, Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And if you go to the United Center to catch a Bulls or a Blackhawks game, you might see Jeff sitting in the 100 section with prime ducats because he knows everybody, including the great Stacey King. Stacey, you got a jingle in you from Dallas? Nationwide is on your side. 
Even on the road, it comes wow. through loud and clear. Stacy King delivering from his luxurious <laughs> five-star hotel in Dallas. We it appreciate it. It is five-star. We appreciate it. Hey, the Bulls always right. travel right. We give, we give them that. No, they no they got me in the penthouse, baby. They got me in the penthouse. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm much appreciated the, the hotel. All right, coming up next, Darnell Mayberry. More Bulls talk. We'll also look ahead to the upcoming playoffs and get his thoughts on the MVP race as well. That's next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back. Episode 124 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. It is now our privilege to welcome in a good friend, the Bulls senior writer from The Athletic, Darnell Mayberry, kind enough to join us. I don't know if he's in San Francisco or what. If you're watching on YouTube, he's got the Golden Gate Bridge behind him. That's a nice background. Did you pay extra for that, Darnell? I love it, man. I just love a sunset. Anywhere in the world, I love a good sunset. <laughs> and and Stacy's in Dallas, but you're not. We were talking about it in the break that it, things aren't the same as they used to be in, in the print world uh, where you used to travel to every game as, as a beat reporter. Now you got to kind of pick your, your, your spots. Has that been frustrating for you in terms of, you know, not getting the maybe the access, the day-to-day stuff that you'd like to get, especially on the road? You know, the pandemic really changed my mindset, Mark, when it came to access and how we do the job. You all remember it. We were doing this. We were covering this league over Zoom and and press conferences, pregame and postgame. So that's how we were getting our information from the players and coaches. So uh, having to go from that to this new uh, reality where we we can be in the locker room again, uh, you know, I think it's just made me I can't speak for other reporters. It's made me more efficient and uh, be able to attack the job in a different way. So I feel like I learned a lot going through that pandemic uh, phase where, where access was cut off to all of us and we had to think differently. So uh, using that now, I think it's been beneficial. 
Well, D, let, let's just talk Bulls now. You know, we're getting down <laughs> to the we're getting down to the last two games of the year. You know, we're gonna, obviously we're in the playing game. We backed into the playing game. You know, you saw the game last night in Milwaukee. What was your what was your opinion of last night's game and what you saw? Oh, I, I didn't. First of all, Stacey, you know, I, I got some some birdies now. I was at the game, so I couldn't see the broadcast. I got some birdies that were telling me you were talking about how the Bulls were confident against this team. What happened, man? They were. They were up 10, and next thing you know, they lose by 12, 13, whatever. Listen, D, let me tell you something. You need you didn't need to bring that up, okay? <laughs> that, was, that was unnecessary, okay? That was unnecessary. I'm still I'm still hurting from last night. You know what? It's funny because, like, I don't even play no more, but I, I take losses personally. And I thought last night, you know, they had the 10-point lead. They're rolling. They're doing really well. They're moving the basketball, Darnell, and it looked like it was going their way. And then all of a sudden, Milwaukee said, you know what? We're, we're a little bit tired of this. Let's go ahead and put this team away. It was like a lion just laying there, and the hyenas are running around <laughs> nipping at him, and the lion doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, the lion uh, lets everybody know that he's still a lion, and he just kills everything in the in the in the way. That's kind of how it was. Did you have the same kind of uh, feeling? It did feel like that, but but Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez, man, we can't underestimate how good those two guys are. Yes. Both ends of the floor. It's not like just Drew Holiday is a defender. He had fifteen assists. You know, and eight rebounds. So it's like yes. he's bringing it on both ends. Brooke Lopez is a shot blocker and a three-point shooter. But both of those things give the Bulls trouble. And so you mix West Matthews' defense, uh, you know, and, and, and some of the role players, Joe Ingles getting into it with Pat Bev. That was an entertaining moment. Uh, you know, that's a championship-minded team, and the Bulls ran up against it, and they learned a lesson. It didn't matter that they were without some of their key guys, including Giannis. That team is on a mission. They secured the top seed in the East for a reason. Darnell, the NBA season is a grind, 82 games over six months, and Bulls fans have been pulling their hair out all season long trying to figure this team out. you got to read on what's going on. I know I, re- I read your column today saying, you know, there's no there was no way to sugarcoat these kind of games. I mean, not to show up for a game where you got a chance to try to improve your playoff seating, especially the Atlanta game. I mean, Trey Young was out in that one. You're playing at home. you got a chance to vault ahead of the Hawks and at least get a home game in that first round. Can you put your finger on the slow start and why we see the same issues over and over and over again with this team? After 80 games, Mark, would you agree? You just have to say that's who they are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think you're right. I don't think you can say that, you know, it's it's this or that. It's a lot of different things, and that's what Billy Donovan has been talking about all season, and he boils it down to the consistency component where they've just been inconsistent and so many different things all season, and that's been the biggest problem for this team. In 2022, 2023. One of the things I've, I've always said, because I come from the old school, and Phil Jackson would do this, and, and a lot of coaches I in college would do this, is when guys don't come ready to play, there's a reason why you have reserves. There's a reason why you have subs. You know, it's like, yo, I don't care if you make $20 million or if you're an all-star or whatever. If guys are not ready to play, especially late in the season when they're playing for something, like that Atlanta game was very disappointing. You're missing Trey Young and, and DeAndre Hunter, two starters. They're coming in with a new coach who hasn't even been there 30 games. And the, it's set up for you a home game after playing such a great come from behind against one of the premier t- teams in the Western Conference in Memphis Grizzlies to basically just get out hustled and outplayed against Atlanta Hawk team that just outworks you. And, and for your star player to say they wanted it more than us after the game. 
Exactly. That, that, that one was a big deal. That one was a big deal to where you say, how can that be in game 79? You're saying that the other team, without two of their best players, wants it more than you on your home floor. Stacey, that's the old school stuff that you can speak to a lot more than I can as a former player in this league. Like, I don't understand how that happens at this level. Yeah, exactly. yeah, total mystery. And and obviously, it looks like they're going to play the Raptors in Toronto next Wednesday in the, in the play-in first round. And that's a terrible matchup for them because the Raptors have that length, the switchability that can really frustrate uh, Zach and DeMar. Assuming they don't advance to the regular playoffs, Darnell, I know Bulls fans are anticipating major changes this summer. What what do you expect from the front office when we when we get to the point where they have to really take a hard look at this roster? You know, it's an interesting question, Mark, and, and it's something that I wanted to write uh, for a few probably weeks now where I just hope that they are not blinded by this strong finish and say, let's run it back and see see what continuity gets us again. You know, maybe re-sign Patrick Beverly, plug him into that Lonzo Ball spot and say, you know, maybe a third season of this, this core uh, now that they know who they are and what they can do together. I just don't think that that would be the way to go. I anticipate big changes coming for this franchise. If they don't come, if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to be asking a lot of tough questions. Our tour is going to show Mark Eversley, uh, Billy Donovan, because it's clear that I think this this core has reached its tip. One of the things that frustrates me and it frustrates a lot of people, Darnell, is the fact that a guy like Vucevic, can get 18 and a quarter, you know, and a half, 19 and a half, and only get two touches or three shots in the second half. And I attribute to a lot of it is, is that, like, you know, guys think, like, okay, he's got his, now I'm going to go get mine, and I'm going to play this way. We're going to do more isolation ball. I, I just don't understand, hey, at this point in the season, you don't say to yourself, like, hey, we got a big dude down here that's going to work. He's scoring on Anthony Davis. He's scoring on some of the best big men in the game and really working out down there. Why is that not a focus, especially late game, and especially Darnell, when they have hard time scoring? They go stretches where they don't they don't score for six or seven minutes, and they don't yeah. even they don't even look to throw the ball into the post. Yeah, but but bigger than that, Stacy. Not to ignore your question, but this is a team that has proven it itself capable of going out there and getting thirty assists, thirty five assists when they play a certain way, and they generally win those games. And so why wouldn't this team see that formula and say, when we play this way, regardless of who the ball goes through, when we play this way and everyone's getting a touch, everyone's getting an opportunity, and the ball is really moving, that's when we're at our best. That's the part that I don't get. Well, Darnell, back in the day, you were critical of Hoiberg for not holding players accountable. Do you think that's the same problem now? Well, Billy Donovan you can just look at his history and say with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, I mean, he, Chris Paul, he's had some players uh, in his brief coaching NBA career. I think this is what his seventh, eighth, eighth season now. So he's had some star players and throughout his career, he's had questions about whether or not he's getting the most out of those star players or if the star players are sort of the straw that serves drink and so I don't think it's unfair to question whether or not Billy Donovan 
capable of pulling the best out of Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, and DeMar DeRozan. But at some point, those guys got to take accountability too. That's how I would answer. Hey, Darnell. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you on that because, you know, I look at it like you have three guys, two guys that are current all-stars and you have one that was an all-star. Those are your three best players. Your three best players set the tone of how the team is going to play because there are so many young players. If your three best players are not your hardest workers and they're not out there, and I'm, I'm not talking about off the court. I'm talking about on the court, defensively, getting after guys and, you know, playing tough defense, being where you're, you're supposed to be on assignment – then how is it? How how can you motivate you know these younger guys? You know what I'm saying? And I, and I do give Demar especially credit. He might still lead the team in charges. Take yes, you know. So so he's gone out and shown effort. Zach Levine showed. He even said a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how what you guys made of it that he feels like he's one of the better uh, ISO man defenders in this league. And so those guys are showing moments, but it's the the inconsistency that drives crazy when you say how can you let a team on your home floor get out to a 15-0 run 17-0 run that that's the stuff that's just inexcusable Darnell, you referenced uh, Billy working in Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. There was a lot of speculation around the All-Star break after uh, Russ got bought out of his deal with Utah that he might come to Chicago. Uh, you, you got a chance to cover Russ for a while in Oklahoma City when you were working down there. What were your thoughts about that? Were you were you hoping that he would come here, or did you think that there's no way he's coming here off that six-game losing streak going into the All-Star break? No, I mean, I just felt with him being an L.A. guy, he that would probably be his his first choice to stay with uh, the L.A. team and sign with the Clippers and stay home. Uh, and that's what happened. But the Bulls, for his standpoint, I thought maybe would have been a great opportunity because uh, it would have been a chance to go into next season as the bona fide starter as well with, with Lonzo Ball being out. So, um, you know, I think it's worked out well for him. It's worked out well for the Bulls with Patrick Beverly and, getting him having an opportunity to spur on his hometown team and push them into this play-in tournament. So I think it's worked out well for both sides. Darnell, talk a little bit about the young players for the Bulls, uh, Kobe White and and Patrick Williams, who I think have, have really played well, especially in the second half. Uh, Kobe is starting to show you that he could be a, a guy, a viable point guard option with the way he's played, the way he comes in and runs the team. Uh, the big thing I've noticed this year in his game is ball handling, number one, and his defense. Those two things he has really, really improved on. So touch a little bit on those two young players. Yeah, I'm glad you asked about, about both of them, but Kobe especially, because I just asked him last night if he still sees himself or aspires to be a starting point guard in this league. And his response is, hell yeah. So that, that story is going into the athletic uh, Friday morning. So, so uh, you, can, you can read the whole story there. And Billy Donovan talked about uh, what Kobe, how close he is to, to snatching that that starting point guard role in this league, whether it's with or without the ball. So, uh, you know, Kobe still sees himself, and he has put in the work. I think that's what uh, the story is going to show, is that he came into this summer saying he wanted to get stronger and work on his ball handling. If you go back to his exit interview last, last season, he said both of those things, and those are the two things that you just mentioned, uh, Stacey, where his strength has allowed him to become a better defender and hold his own a little bit more, whether it's in the pick and roll or in the post. And then uh, offensively, the ball handling, you've been mentioning that all season, uh, pointing it out at various occasions. So uh, you're just seeing it 
a lot tighter than it used to be, and it's allowing him to, to be able to create plays off the dribble better than NBA playoffs start on April 15th. Uh, it's going to be wild. I think it's kind of wide open in both conferences. Am I crazy, Darnell, to think that the Lakers could make a run if they're healthy? I don't want to have a recency bias, but last night, I mean, that was a pivotal game. And, you know. That, that, well, they were that coming is, off an overtime game in Utah, and LeBron looked good, dead on his feet in the first half. Good point. Thank you for that context, Mark. But. Um, you know, I actually said the same thing when we were just in L.A. Uh, when the Bulls beat them. Uh, I guess that was a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, so so I didn't I, – I do think that the Lakers made some great acquisitions at the deadline. I give Rob Blink a lot of credit because they looked dead in the water and he went out there and really transformed that team. So I do think uh, if they can get in and remain healthy, they're going to be in good shape. I don't know. I don't know. You don't believe it. I don't know because, you know, first of all, like they do have some good young talent, but it, Darvin Ham, he refuses to play a lot of those younger kids that they they acquired. Stacy, when we were out there and he didn't play Rui, and yeah. I'm seeing Winion Gabriel and the uh, uh, Vanderbilt, yeah. they, they had combined for like three points and three rebounds. I'm saying Rui can play better than both yes, of these guys. Yes. Why is Darvin Ham not playing him? And, and and the kid and the kid uh, uh, from San Antonio got Lonnie uh, uh, Lonnie Walker Lonnie Walker who yeah, yeah. who had played well when they brought him there and then all of a sudden he's not in the in the lineup anymore so that was one of the issues that was one of the problems the Lakers when they got LeBron anyway they got rid of all those young players that have now gone off into the NBA and and become stars and they had LeBron just been a little patient LeBron the GM been a little bit more patient with those younger players they might be then putting a, a, a run together right now with those guys yeah but Stacy did you want to be patient as a player Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. I have Michael Jordan, so there was no need to be facing me. He was already there. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, but with LeBron's, with LeBron's case is, I mean, look at look at other players like Josh Hart, you know, Julius Randle. They had Brooke Lopez, who's now in, in Brandon you know, Ingram. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Uh, you know, you had all these these guys on that roster, Kyle Kuzma. You had all these guys on the roster. If you would just gave them a year or two, if the Lakers would have just gave them a year or two instead of that win now mentality. That team could have probably put a couple of title runs together. They're like the Bulls. In their defense, in their defense, they did get one, and and one is better than none. And so you'll take the one that you get over the hypothetical. Maybe we'll get two, three, four. I, I'll I'll take the one all day. Oh, so you got that mentality that I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like the Lakers? You like you like Kevin Durant, the Suns? You like Golden State? You like Denver? Who do you like in the West? You know, going back to my time with KD and OKC, uh, it's hard to count that guy out, especially Chris Paul. I covered Chris Paul before I covered Kevin Durant and Oklahoma City. So, uh, you know, I've got a long, long history with both of those guys. I'll never count either one of them out. And and the fact that they're now uh, teammates and, and teamed with Devin Booker, uh, one of the baddest scorers in this league, you know, that that's a dangerous team. And, and I, you know, I like a lot of what Monty Williams uh, is about and how he conducts himself as a coach. Uh, I didn't like the DeAndre Ayton situation, but, uh, you know, I look at Phoenix coming out of the West and that team we saw last night against the Bulls walking. 
I walked in that locker room and I saw all of the names around the locker room and I'm like, this team is going to make it to the to the finals. Eastern Conference finals for sure. Uh, Boston might have something to say about it, but I'm looking at Phoenix and I'm looking at Milwaukee coming. Yeah, I, 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 I watched that team last night and I was like, oh my God, like they are one of the deepest teams in, in the NBA. People talk about Boston. Unless Robert Williams is coming back and they know he's coming back, that is a huge, huge loss for Boston. A rim protection, a backline defense player. Milwaukee last night without Giannis and, and you know, uh, Connaughton, who's a three-point shooter, uh, you know, uh, Grayson Allen, they just replaced those guys. You got Drake Crowder, you got Ingles. Um Guys who are playoff, you know, playoff ready now. There's guys who've been in the wars. I'm telling you, that looked like a really, really good team. Uh, and Drew Holiday, I've always been a Drew Holiday fan. Most underrated point guard in the league. I would put him, honestly, and we said this last night, both me and Adam, I would say he's arguably the best point guard, pure point guard in the league, what he does for a team. Giannis gets all the attention. Middleton is the guy who gets some attention. But no one really talks about Drew Holiday. But when you watch him play, man, you walk away going, man, that is a very good basketball player. Yeah, two things. We're, we're doing a player poll, an anonymous player poll, and I'll give you guys a little sneak preview. A lot of the guys I talked to for this player poll, when the question of the most underrated player in the league came up, Drew Holiday was the name that a lot of players pointed to. So you can tell the respect that he has among his peers. And then the other thing is we just did a, a little Central Division uh, roundtable discussion at the Athletic, and and our Detroit Pistons writer, Stacey, you'll appreciate that. Our, our Detroit Pistons writer, uh, you know, he actually had Zach Levine over uh, Drew Holiday. And I said, if we're having like a central division, uh, all central division team, I'm taking Drew Holiday over Zach Levine because of the two-way effort that he puts in. Night and night. And, you know, just, I agree with you. Drew Holiday is, is one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated. Is that Vinny so when Goodwill? You doing, when, you, when you were doing that, when you were doing that list, is that by position, or are you saying the best five players? I think we did two guards, two forwards, and a big man, like a center. I think we, we kept the traditional center in there. Okay, okay, so yeah, I, that that would be interesting because I mean, I'm starting off and I'm going to guards. I'm starting off with Drew Holiday, number one. I'm starting off with him. After that, I you know we can we can there's an argument somewhere, but I'm he him and Giannis are on that team. And then you got to remember, too, you got Donovan Mitchell, you know, all, that could be there with Zach and DeMar. you got, you know, you got, I mean, they're, ooh-wee. Oh, Lord. Oh, <laughs> Halliburton, the, the list goes on. Oh, oh, I yeah. forgot about Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, hey, bro. Like, that's not, I mean, you, that, that, that's, that is a hard argument because the fact that you're going by a traditional, you know, traditional way, you got the guards, the forward and the center. Yeah, if you were just pick five, the five best players who that would, I think that would be a lot easier than doing it you know, the way you guys are doing it. But I like the way you guys are doing it. I like the picking the center. Cause they, you know, those, there's some guys in this league. I think Brooke Lopez in the, in the central division is the best center in my opinion. It yeah. made for great debate. And, and it also, kind of gave us a preview of what the Bulls are up against just in the Central Division alone as they try to rebuild this thing and try to get it going in the right direction. You got to remember, too, Detroit without Kay Cunningham. When they get that team together with them two young boys, uh, Duran and, and, you know, uh, uh, and then the kid Ivy, 
Ivy is showing you he's he, he got star potential. That's that they're gonna be a problem in a few years. And then and now we're not even talking about central division. We talk about overall. Look what Orlando's gonna be in a few years. There's a lot of young teams that are are on the rise. Ooh, yeah, and if the, if the Pistons get Wembenyama, then look out. You know, whoever, well, whoever gets, gets Wembenyama, Wembenyama we might out. get him. <laughs> <laughs> we might get him in Chicago, baby. The lottery's in Chicago. We got to fix that thing. Hey, we've been known to do it, baby. We've been known to do it. Put a cold, put a cold envelope in there, a la Patrick Ewing. <laughs> hey, Darnell, before we let you go, I know you got a new project that I want you to tell the folks about. Uh, it's called Money Talks. It's on Substack.com, and you're trying to help people become rich. We all want that advice. What do you got for us, Darnell? Yeah, Money Talks 101.substack.com. It's an independent project that I'm doing. Just, you know, as I became a father, I really wanted to to lay a foundation for my daughter. She's nine now. We started talking about money, and that's why I call it Money Talks because we have these money talks in our home. And I really want uh, and need her to understand money management and and how to be smart with money as she maneuvers through her life. And you know, there's so much that I wasn't taught, and uh, as I'm learning, I'm teaching her, and we're learning together. Uh, hopefully we can help others learn on our journey. So we're just chronicling our journey and trying to put out some basic stuff for the everyday person, man, and and and, and, and talk about what it's like uh, to try to be smarter with our earning and our spending and learn how to save and invest stuff. Whispers, that's for you. How many businesses have you uh, gone through? Uh, I don't know, a few hundred. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Darnell, do you miss your punching bag, Jim Boylan? No. <laughs> he said That's that right to the point. Yeah. I, I, like that. I, saw, I saw some, uh, I was watching league pass over the Bulls. They were somewhere. I wasn't on the road with them recently. And I think it was halftime. And they just started showing all of these old practice highlights. Jim Boylan. I'm like, did well, you have to do this? Did you, did you have to put me through this again? Well, I, uh, I, I've so used I your line. I, I've used your line that you said about him on some people I know that that his biggest accomplishment was just getting the job. <laughs> wow! Rough years, and I know you guys saw the Tim Floyd era and all of that, but but I've never seen such a rough stretch of of, of a franchise than the Jim Boylan era. That was that was hard. What was even worse was when NBA TV gave him an audition as an analyst. That was even rougher to watch. <sighs> He's got a good agent. <laughs> yeah, I, I listen, listen. What's his number? What? Hey, listen, all I'm going to say about that is he lost me when he compared, uh, you know, Robert Ori to, uh, yeah, look, you know, to, to, to Luke, Luke Cornette. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. when he lost me. Yeah. That's when he lost me, D. He lost me right there. He's the soundbite of the season, Stacey. You provided the soundbite of Stacey couldn't even stifle the laugh on that one. Yeah. Do you guys remember the worst thing Darnell said about him? That was the worst thing I'd ever heard in my life. And I just couldn't believe he even said that. And he even got on the air. I was like, who, like who interviewed him? And Layla Rahimi did it. And she, she couldn't even see it with a straight face when she brought it up to me and Neil. Yeah. She caught the crossfire. She wanted to laugh. (laughs) But but Darnell called him once a, a bully of bullshit or a psycho fan. Oh my goodness! Those, are, go, those are good words. I'd go look it up. Well I'm having a good Thursday night, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff back then. I was like, man, because I couldn't stand Jim Boylan either. Hey, but hey, at least you didn't have to punch a clock, baby. You yeah. to punch a clock, punch in, baby, and do push-ups yeah. every day, right? You didn't have to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Darnell, we'll let you enjoy your sunset in San Francisco. Thank you so much for making time for us. We want everybody to check out. Tell, tell them again how they can find uh, Money Talks. I'm at Substack, moneytalks101.substack.com. All right, check that out for some financial advice that you can put to work. Got some hot sauce coming again. Yeah, some hot sauce heading your way. Yes, some more. I'll take take it. My daughter's ready for it. There you go. Business 256. (laughs) Darnell Mayberry, our special guest, episode 124. Give me the hot sauce. It promises to be a very interesting offseason in Chicago Bulls land. Thanks, Darnell. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Coming up, we'll talk a little college basketball and more as Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. Welcome back. Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. Timmy Whispers is back from his vacation down in Florida. You said the weather was warm, and you had two families staying in your home. How did that work out? It was great. <laughs> Maddie was there too, right? That's right. Yeah, she, you got any uh, stories, adventures? Well, you guys was, go out to the bars, the clubs? We went out clubbing big time. A lot yeah. of shots, a uh, little heroin. We were doing oh, it up. <laughs> hey, come on, man. It's a, it's a children's show. Yeah. Oh, on, I'm man. sorry. No, I, I, we didn't actually touch that stuff, but we wow. did We, we, we did <laughs> think about all it. Sponsors. Thanks, <laughs> hey. Oh, we, I'm sorry. Wow. We, we were in Fort Myers, not Miami. Yeah. So it wasn't, wow. uh, wasn't too bad. But yeah, like, like I said, a little sunburn. I'm not as red as I usually am because uh, a full layer Odyssey fell on off. Too. Odyssey on mine, too. <laughs> did, your, yeah. uh, did your buddy Christopher Walken make it down? Was he part of the... Yeah, I was there too, but I wasn't invited to the beach because I'd burn like in two seconds. <laughs> did you bring some hot sauce with you, Chris? I use that as suntan lotion. It's awesome. Chicago fire. Ah, it turns you red hot in two <laughs> seconds. You hey, don't tell, need the sun. Tell the folks how they can get some. Well, look behind me, Mark. What do you see? I see a nice display. Where's that's, that going? That's right. That's for Jewel. But now they told us it's just going on the shelves, so I guess I wasted my time. <laughs> <laughs> the but, shelves will be good. The shelves are good for you. The pool of the pond, you know. That's right. The pool in the pond. And <laughs> by the way, for you. sweater looks good on you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so go to gimmethehotsauce.com. Get some sauce. 21% off with code KING21. That's right. 21% off. And... Packed with love by Timmy the Hot Sauce Packer. Yeah, he's still packing. It's about the only skill the guy's got. <laughs> skip, skip. I'm a whole famous skip. Get you some hot sauce. I'm the best hot sauce you ever taste. Skip. Let me tell you something. Lamar Jackson is the greatest quarterback of all time. He got some hot sauce too. Yes, yeah, Skip, he did. I'm, I'm Shannon Shaw from Hall of Famer. <laughs> you got a lot of good feedback on that one, Stacey. That was that was the talk of social media for a couple of days. That was, that was great. People hey, enjoyed that. I, I had to, Mark, because he was talking trash to Pat Beverly. Man, you can't talk, yeah. to, you can't talk trash to the little big man without me coming to help him. Come on, now. You got to do the too small now. Oh yeah, he was too small, man. Too small, but they got they got Patrick Beverly back in Chicago, man. Uh, Austin Reeves, my fellow Sooner, he got him back, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he did. Him. Hey, speaking of uh, gestures that sometimes can be taken the wrong way, how about the uh, trash talking in the women's uh, NCAA final? That love was, it. That was love re- it. that was really hot for a couple of days. I mean, you had people with strong opinions all over the place when really it shouldn't have been that big of a deal. Stacy, what was your no. take on the whole thing? It, to me, it was stupid. I mean, this is basketball. It's competition. People are trying to beat each other. Uh, you know, the girl, you know, the girl, Caitlin from Iowa, uh, you know, she's she's a baller, man. Yeah. I mean, that girl is unbelievable. Um, and she was talking trash. You know, she did the you can't see me thing yeah. to the 
to the girl in Louisville who was talking trash to, um, to she was talking, the girl from Louisville, I forgot her name, was talking trash to another team. And uh, so it, it, it's all in spirit, man. I mean, everybody thinks that women should play a certain way. You know, you put them in a box. Well, they, they have to be, they can't talk trash. They can't be physical. They can't do this. They can't do that. They're athletes. At the end of the day, they're athletes. Let them play. They're no different than guys. They have emotions. Uh, they let it out on the court. They let them play, man. And 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 as long as Kayla didn't have a problem with it, then what was the problem? Because I, I saw an interview with her today. I was before I got on the plane, and she had an interview. I think it was ESPN, and she said she had no problem with it. Right, right. She welcomes it. I don't know. She said I don't know why everybody got upset. You know, this is what we do. You know, you talk trash. It was all in fun, and it wasn't malicious. You didn't. She didn't call her the b word or curse her out. Uh, you know, the girl just gave her the same thing she gave to somebody else. You know, the you can't see me, and then you can see my ring. You know, so <laughs> I like it. I think it. I think it amped up women's sports. Yeah, you never talked trash, did you? And I talk big trash. Okay, I'm just gonna <laughs> tell you right now. Okay, and I, I well, I take that back. Okay, let me say this: I ain't talk trash unless you start talking to me. If you start talking to me, I remember we played Louisiana Tech in the in the NCAA tournament, the Sweet 16, for the trip to the 615, uh, Sweet 16, and I was playing against Randy White. He was supposed to be the next Carl Malone. Yeah. And so it was kind of reincarnation, you know, Wayman Tisdale versus Carl Malone. They had played against each other in the NCAA tournament. And then here I am at Oklahoma and he's at, you know, Louisiana Tech, Randy White. Now it's like the second coming break, basically. And he was talking trash in the in the press conference. You know, you know, they send five starters to the press conference and then the other team has to wait for that team to get off. So we're sitting in the back and he's you know, he's just talking trash. Like he's gonna do this to me. I'm not good. I'm, you know, I'm overrated, all this stuff. Well, I, I commenced to give him 40. Okay, and uh, at the end of the game, you know, I said, uh, you know, I was like, Cassius Clay, you know, when when the, when the guy said, I'm not gonna call you, I'm not gonna call you Muhammad Ali, I'm gonna call you Cassius, is one of those things too. Now, 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 do you respect me? Uh, you take that forty piece and uh, take your, some of my hot sauce that hadn't been created yet and put it on there. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of trash talking going on back in the day. It's not something that all of a sudden happened. I think, Stacy, the thing that was really got ugly was when, you know, people were bringing up the racial component. I mean, Angel oh Reese my God. in her, in her post-game news conference talking about, you know, you want to put me in a Stop. box and calling me ghetto Stop. and all this stuff. Stop. That's 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 where it really got ugly on there, both there, sides. There's always a faction of people that want to throw a race card in yeah. there. That's what, makes, that's what makes sports so dirty. It's like it's not a black or white thing, okay? You had, you had the kid from Iowa. She was talking talking trash. She's a hooper. She backed it up. She's one of the all-time great women's college uh, players of all time. The girl was dropping 40 pieces like it wasn't nothing, okay? It wasn't like she was just hitting 140 and that was like a career high. She's been dropping 40 since she's been in uh, been in college bad women's college basketball. So give her respect. She's a great player. She's talking trash. And the girl, I think the biggest thing was with the girl from LSU was stalking her, talking trash. And and I want and I said again, as long as the girl, uh, Caitlin didn't have a problem with it, then no one else should have had a problem with it. Move on. Stop using race as a as a, a, a vehicle to you know cause problems. It's not always about race. It has nothing to do, it had nothing to do with being black and white. It was about two girls going at it, they're respectable universities playing for the national championship, and one giving one razzing the other one at the end. I mean, it's all it came down to. Stacy could be a statesman. Look at that. Look at that. You know, I think I'm, you know what? Bring, you know, I'm, the world I'm, together. I'm, 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 I might have to dive into politics, Mark. I'm thinking about, you know, maybe running for mayor. You, you know, could have won that race. 
Yeah, no, hey, listen. Sure. I, after I saw that race, I probably could have. <laughs> Jeez. Just make sure you get your Modelo at Walgreens. Hey, no, hey, hey, hey. Lori Lightfoot on line two. She said she's tired of you guys talking trash about her. You yeah. know, she she, 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 bought, she buys good beer. She's not buying no bad beer, Paps Blue Ribbon or anything like no, that. She's, oh, she's not a lion anymore. Perhaps a sponsor. I'm sorry if you're. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, not last check. But I will tell you about a great sponsor. Our friends at Bigger's Mazda. They sponsor one of our favorite segments. It's What Are We Watching, where we give you some great tips on TV shows and movies. And Stacy's been watching a lot of movies. We're going to get to that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Bigger's Mazda. Their sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Bigger's is now offering a bottle of Stacy's signature hot sauce with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. It's your choice. Everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. So join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin. It's at Bigger's Mazda. Tell them to give me the hot sauce crew sent you and they'll give you a free bottle of hot sauce. Take a test drive, right, Tim? That's right. You can Tim, drink it. Tim, Tim had a lot to that read. <laughs> you can drink it. You can drink it while you're driving. Tim's like, no drinking and driving. The only drinking and driving there. <laughs> All right, so Stacy, we, we had a little uh, production call yesterday, and you said you've been busy watching some films. What what do you got for the folks that you either recommend or, or didn't like? Okay, one first first movie. I don't know if I, I can't see you guys. I'm in the dark in the sunken yeah, place. Right, right. Get out. Witness protection. Um, one of one of them. One of them was Cocaine Bear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my God! I tell you, I saw Cocaine Bear the other day. I thought at first I thought it was going to be stupid. I wasn't really interested in watching it, but some of my friends said, "Man, check it out! You'll laugh. It's 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 funny. It's got some gory parts in it, whatever." And I tell you what, it was it was go check it out. Go check it out. It's it's one of those movies that's so unrealistic that it's, it's so funny. bad it's good. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was funny though. Go, I recommend that one. Uh, what's my other list out there? What else did I have on there? You had Creed three. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, <laughs> cut me right. Listen, listen. Let me tell you something. No, no, cut it out, Rock. Yeah. Okay. Um, Creed Creed three. I, I don't know if anybody saw it. Spoiler alert. It's terrible. I, I didn't like it at all. All the Creed movies are basically, they're good movies. I like Creed one was good. I like Creed the first one. Um, I think that Ryan Coogler should have, should have done this. I think Michael B. Jordan directed this one. And it wasn't, it just wasn't a good movie. Um, you know, I give it, I give it, you know, maybe one star. Um, I didn't really like it. Uh, I thought the fight scenes looked fake. Uh, not like they normally do. And I think that like the, the story original are, Rockies, huh? fake like the original Rockies. No, no the Rockies, nice with those. Rockies look pretty good, man. Rockies look pretty good, man. <laughs> but but I will I will say that I was a little disappointed in it. Um, you know, I just you know you can't. It was it all all the all the Creed movies are just like Rocky. They have the same kind of thing. If you go, if you go, a lot of this generation didn't watch Rocky. Okay, but if you saw Rocky and you grew up watching Rocky and all the Rocky movies, the Creed movies are va- basically Rocky movies with the word Creed on it. Yeah, so it's you a, have it's this, a this character. This character in this fight is Mr. T in Right, Rocky. right. That's to okay. overcome adversity, yes. Yes. get knocked yes. down, get back up. Here we yes. go. Play exactly. the music. Yes. Well, it's great. And a guy, and a guy, a guy who's fighting from the streets. Yeah, guy, yeah, know, yeah. Career taken away. He wants what Creed's got. You know, the rich and the, the, all that stuff. Very similar to, uh, very similar Club to Mr. T. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Russian in uh, Creed two, who was Drago, Drago. Drago's dad to train him. And then, so you had that Rocky Balboa, you know, fight in uh, Rocky four. Yeah. In Russia. Yeah. So yeah, what, Russia. You're, so what okay. you're saying yeah, is Siberia. So what you're saying is yeah. in Creed five, he's going <laughs> to fight Tommy Morrison's kid from the drunk, prostitute. No, he'd be a punch no. drunk fighter in, in, trying to help somebody Tommy Morrison's else. kid. Yeah. In, in right? Creed, Tommy Gun- Creed in Creed Five, in Creed Five, <laughs> it's probably going to be back. They're going to probably bring back, uh, try to bring back uh, somebody who looks like Burgess Meredith, and uh, he's going to train him because Rocky is nowhere in this picture. I don't know where did he die. I don't know what happened to him, but he's no, he's nowhere in this in this film, which he should be. He should be in that film, and I know they want to kind of distance themselves away from the Rocky franchise, but you can't have this franchise without Rocky because Rocky was his father's, one of his father's best friends. He was there when he died. Rocky helped train the young Creed when he first started. And to not have Rocky in this movie in any aspect, not even a picture, not even, you don't even talk about him. It's like, you know, they just forgot he existed. Uh, is a shame because Sylvester Stallone is, oh. you know, he he made that franchise, man. He should be in it. Some we got the plot then, Stace. We got to get this out to Hollywood. So when he stepped out on Adrian, he had a kid and then he fights actually Rocky's kid from L.A. And you know what? That's why you would never win an Oscar. No one will ever see your movie, Tim. That's the dumbest premise I've ever seen I think in my it's a life. Good idea. It'll be it the ghost, never of, the ghost of Rocky and Creed yeah. Five. No, hey, well, you know, I was, he's, Rocky he Five could be Rocky Five could be actually a one run a one round fight between Creed and Rocky. Rocky's ninety years in old in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, in a wheelchair. And you can hear Burgess, the ghost of Burgess, Man. overcoming you can't IBS. Rocky. He's too fast. He's too fast. Hit the one in the middle, Rock. Hey, since we're throwing numbers around, you said you also saw John Wick 4. What did you think of that? Oh, oh, oh. Let me tell you something. America. John, this, John Wick reminded me of my, my driver, Mike Amaral. Mike Amaral, I know you listen out there. You always your loyal listener. Mike, Mike, you know, he's John, he's John Wick. He reminds me of that. I've seen, I've seen him do some of the things. But John Wick has to be part of Marvel now. He has to be part of a superhero <laughs> group because I'm telling you, there's no way in hell this dude can take the bullets that he takes. He 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 fights 100 people at a time. He falls out of like 10-story buildings on yeah. his neck and he gets up and walks off. Like, he's almost like Deadpool. Like, he, yeah. he's like Deadpool. And, and you know, he shakes his leg. It looks like his leg's dislocated. He shakes his leg. His leg pops back into shape. He runs. He's running. He's fighting 100 people with knives and guns and he never gets hit. He didn't get hit. He didn't get shot, but one time in the movie. After all this, one he, time he could fight Creed in Creed Four. Oh, good. He call. probably win. He probably <laughs> win. And uh, you know, then my man. You know, I don't know if you how, how are you guys familiar with John Wick all the movies, but uh, you know the hotel, the hotel concierge, the uh, Lance. Yeah. Uh, he passed away in yeah, real life. Yeah. And then, you know, they, and then it added to the theory that I always said that, you know, when you watch these movies and if there's any black guy out there, they always die. They never make it to the end. And he died, but he died in the first two minutes of the movie. I'm like, come on, man. Can we at least get him to the middle of the movie before you kill him off? Come yeah. on, man. Uh, come on, man. Anyway, right. And he was, and he, <laughs> was a, he was a vital part. Then... He was a vital part of, of that movie. You know, he was a vital part of that movie. Yeah. I hate to see him go out like that, but, you know, but John Wick, I'm telling you, go see John Wick. The action's unbelievable. Um, it's awesome, but man, they need to go ahead and make John Wick on uh put him in there uh with the the Black Panther, Captain America, and let him wear that little black that little black suit with the black tie. That's his that's his superhero outfit. And uh just let him go out there and do that. 
Hey, speaking of action flicks, I had to check out the movie that won the Academy Award for Best Film, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It was everything, everywhere, all over the place. I mean, that movie was was crazy. That you know, they, it should have deserved awards for visual editing and effects and everything because you know this woman's just jump into multiple universes. Speaking of you know the Marvel universes, the the action is amazing, the editing is incredible, but the story is just basically about a woman trying to to save her relationship with her daughter, but she's going through multiple universes to get it done. It was a lot of work to get very little done. So not, not a big recommendation for that. Sounds like this podcast. (laughs) Oh, come on now. Wow. Wow. Oh, not only did we lose sponsors, we just lost (laughs) for the rest of the day. We've been known to get rid of dead weight, Mark. We've been known to do it. We've been known to put him in a trash bag, put him on the side of the road. America, America, if you don't see Timmy whispers next week, you know why Christopher Walker won't be there either. Speaking of dead weight, I saw the whale. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell us uh, about that. Well, I haven't eaten since. That's for sure. <laughs> it was brutal. It's uh, it's it's well we done. Picture up on wow. the screen. Brendan Fraser won the award, didn't he? Yeah, he put on like a nineteen hundred pound fat suit. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. He's a. So what was the movie about, Tim? Give us a little description. Yeah. He's a basically a college teacher who's just teaching from home, but he's so fat he can't really get off the couch and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just gorges himself with food and puts Snickers bars on pizzas and throws them down with Ooh. mayonnaise on top of that. I mean, these scenes that, oh, that's and then he pukes in a garbage basket. And it doesn't end. And he basically just is trying to kill himself through passive suicide. We apologize if you're eating while yeah. you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, if you happen yeah. to have a Snickers right now and you're trying to get away. Yeah, and then he didn't throw any of our hot sauce on, but they, that would have finished him off, I think, earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a, it's a well done but disturbing film. Oh, my goodness. So what's your buddy Mike up to since uh, it's time to uh, talk about Windy City Limousine? You seen him uh, since you've been okay, back? So Mike right now, Mike right now is on hiatus. He hit a he hit a uh, had a little accident in his car. His radiator exploded. And oh, uh, man. Is he all right? Out, he, yeah, he's OK. No, it was a gate. A gate hit his car on the wrong. It hit it just right. Yeah. And so he hit his radiator. So he had radiator leakage uh, in it. So he had to, you know, he had to put the, the Mike Amaroth, uh mobile away. And, um, you know, I've had to, I've had to, you know, he's been out of commission. So I've had to, you know, find my second, my second driver, you know, who's, uh, you know, I, I, John he's Wick? A, no, no, he, he might as well be, he might as well <laughs> Brian be Wick. Hey, Brian, Brian Wick. That's what he, he took us to, he took us to, uh, the game, uh, last night and, um, He's a, he's a big, strong guy, man. You know, he's a big, strong guy. So we felt safe walking around with him yesterday uh, in Milwaukee. And a uh, real good guy, um, you know, Brian Hennigan. Hennigan, I think. Hennigan's his last name. And um, he's my second driver in command. Matter of fact, he might be bigger than bigger than, than Mike. You know, um, he he legitimately looks like he can beat people up. <laughs> I, gave, <laughs> I gave him a code name today, you know, because I'm I'm all about the snake. So you know, my my code name, my spy name. Shout out to uh, Siren. You know, that's my that's my little uh, podcast friend. Uh, she's out there. It's, uh, code name Siren. So I got a code name Venom. And then um, we gave uh, we gave uh, you know our band Brian code name. Uh, uh, white Mamba, because he's really pale and pasty. So, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I can teach him how to get so we burned. Gave him, we gave him the white mama, baby. Gave him the white mama. So he's the white mama. That's his code name. But shout out to shout out to Mike. He's going to get his car back probably in a couple of days. And we'll be back to uh, doing it again. Hopefully the Bulls get to the playoffs and I'll be able to use them. And if not, I'll still be using them when we come out to do the podcast every week. Yeah, if you're looking for transportation to a big event in your life, if you're going to an athletic game, if you're going out to see a theater production, wherever you're going, make sure to call our friends at Windy City Limousine. They'll break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact Windy City Limousine at 847-916-9300. Want to thank our great Sriracha crew for doing great work. Want to welcome aboard Tom, who's helping us out with audio. Nice to have you on the team. Maddie's back from Florida. She's got a tan looking good. And and Stacy will be back in (laughs) studio uh, next week after the Bulls play-in game. Hopefully we're talking about uh, moving on to the playoffs. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. There you uh, go. I I think we can do it, Mark. I think I'm not losing hope. I know it seems like I know a lot of people are a little nervous right now, but I I think the Bulls will will put their A game on and and at least get to the playoff round and meet the Milwaukee Bucks again. Keep hope alive. (laughs) That's what we're saying here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Stacey, uh, good luck on the call in Dallas, and we'll see you when you get back to Chicago. All right, boys. Drive home safely. Beep, beep. 